All right. Welcome, everyone, to another film roundtable. My name is Maria Prieto, and I'm here to introduce our two panelists, two very exciting panelists, and our very special guest moderator today. But before we jump into that conversation, I'm going to lead us through a moment of silence to honor all reported 2,288,655 worldwide COVID deaths as of today. Uh, we're recording this on February 5th, 2021. We would also like to honor all of our Black and Brown brothers and sisters, as well as our First Nations brothers and sisters whose lives have been taken by the hands of police brutality and other senseless acts of violence. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Um, we hold this space of silence just as a reminder that, you know, we're still in the midst of this pandemic um, and to just emphasize the importance of being safe and being empathetic and caring towards one another. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Well, we've been excited, excited about this roundtable for a while now. I'm really, I'm happy that it worked out that we have you three together right now. Um, so yeah, I'm thrilled to introduce Sofia Coppola and producer Yuri Henley, welcome. Uh, thank you, we're happy to, thank you for asking us and we're happy to try to shed any light on anything we've learned over the years. So we're glad yeah. to be part of this, thank you. Of course, and I also wanna welcome our guest moderator, moderator today, Chase Sui. Woo! Yeah. Chase is a filmmaker, a writer, and an actress. And she recently appeared in Sophia's film On the Rocks, which was produced by Yuri. So we have this little team back together. Uh, Chase, thank you for taking the time to lead this conversation. Of course, I'm so excited and honored. Before I hand you the reins, I just wanna remind our listeners to subscribe to the YouTube channel, to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, and that's where you'll get updates for all of these roundtables. Um, and you can catch On the Rocks on Apple TV. So check that out if you haven't already. So Chase, it's all yours. Thank you, Maria. All right. Hi, Yuri. Hi, Sophia. Hi, we're glad to be here today. I'm so happy to see your faces. Um, so I, I kind of want to just start out by picking, picking your guys' brains about how you two how you how this how this match came to be made and how you guys met each other and found each other yeah i we, we met through my brother roman um who yuri worked with producing commercials to have this right yuri it's yeah. so long <laughs> and roman, yeah. yeah roman uh was and is a fan of yuri and thought that um that i would like him and i was getting ready to do somewhere and um in LA and and so Roman suggested that I um, I meet Yuri. That's how we met, right? I mean, we maybe met we met before, but how we, we started working before, together. Socially, but we hadn't worked together, yeah. and that was the first time. And it was yeah, I'd been working a lot at the Directors Bureau, and I had um, I had been working mostly in music videos and commercials, and I really wanted to do a movie. Like that's how I that's what I got into this to begin with, and and I think at that time it's a little different now, but at that time it felt very much like you could work in commercials and videos and be working pretty steadily, but like the film world felt really far away, you know? And um, I remember it was really like, the Bureau was one of the few places that I felt like, uh, A, I loved the work that was being done there and I liked the culture of, of that company. And I loved Mike and Roman. And I also felt like they were also closer to that because it was, it was run by filmmakers, you know? Roman would do videos, but he also made movies. Same with Mike, same with Sophia. And so when Roman asked me, he was very, I remember the day specifically, he has this really cool office on Cosmo Street. And I remember that. And I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Sophia, but I remember he was like, it was at that time too, I felt very detached from it. I was sort of like, what am I doing? I'm working in advertising now. I just want to make movie. Mm -hmm. And it was really wonderful. Roman said, so I, um, can I see you in my office? And I went into his office, which is like the size of like, I mean, it's very small, but it's perfectly appointed, but it feels almost like you're in like a, a steamer trunk, you know, it's like this really beautiful or like a, or like a train cabin, you know, and, um, and it had like a little built-in chair and I'm sitting there with him, which I'd been in there quite a bit working with him. And he said, you know, so my sister, I had no idea what it was about. He goes, 
So my sister's uh, doing a movie and um, it's going to be in Los Angeles. And like, I think I might have just at that point blurted out like, yes, like I'll do anything. Like I really, I was so wanted, I was such a fan and I so wanted to, to do it. And Roman really, you know, he's, so he introduced me to Sophia and we, we got along and, and, um, and so that was sort of the beginning, but I, I will That's never forget that opportunity. I'll never forget it. I was so thrilled, you know, and I was so, uh, I would just wanted it to happen. And, you know, these things, they take a while. Like I think from the time Roman mm -hmm. talked to me about it to the time we ended up actually making the movie, I don't know, it could have been a year, you know, and, um, but I just, I remember that for some, you know, uh, I never, that's I never I never heard that story, but I remember meeting Yuri around and Roman always talking so highly and then suggesting um, that we work together on that. And um, and then we've been doing stuff and having fun at it ever since. Yeah. <laughs> I um I remember when I was just starting out, like or trying to figure out what I was doing in my early twenties an older friend saying, you know, just spend the next 10 years like finding your people, find your team. And I think that was such good advice. Huh? I thought I, I want to pass that on because, you know, so much of what we do is so collaborative, but, um, you know, just trying like, you know, work, trying different people working. That's why commercials were great because like you try out a DP or meet mm -hmm. people and, um, and your team is such a big part of it. So just kind of spending that time or investing that focus and just trying to find your team and people that you connect with and um yeah and i feel so oh just and just working with yuri like it's so when you know when you for a producer it's it's rare i think to find someone that has your taste or gets your taste and sensibility or that's so important and really know what you what um what's important to you and and to have that one, that person that's there as your partner and protecting you is so important because there's so many different agendas and finance people and executives and to have a pr your producer that you really trust and is really looking out just for you know your your vision and there to protect that and make a good movie is so, um, yeah, so vital yeah. thank you very much yeah wow and do you guys feel like that first meeting that that kind of first meeting was kind like kind of a was it a kind of creative coming together? Like you guys were kind of sniffing out each other's sensibilities or did it feel just more kind of casual, like a, like a, hard to know you. Yeah. I remember, I just remember us starting to work together. And I think as you work together, you start to, you know, start to uh, uh, get to know that person better. And, and yeah. 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 I, I think also like I learned so much on that first movie. It was really kind of the first movie I ever really made, you know, and, and also I wanted to go back a little bit like the commercial stuff that I had done, the beauty of working in videos and commercials was like you could work on a volume of things and you're constantly working with new DPs and new production designers. So by the time I was given the opportunity to actually make a movie, I was I had had years of production experience that really served me now i still felt imposter syndrome i still felt insecure mm -hmm. during the first movie i still was so like oh my god i'm working with a bond company now and i'm working with focus features and i'm working with sofia coppola and harris savides and all these things were like it was like a dream but it was also a bit intimidating you know and yeah. um, and that first experience i remember was a bit of a blur but i just knew i felt like when i read the script and I saw, and I was already a fan of Sophia's work, and I just remember really loving the relationship between Johnny and his daughter. And I loved, I loved the whole thing. You know, I just loved that we were like making a movie together. And I had never gone through that before. And the things I, I gleaned from that experience, I actually try to carry with me because like I learned so much working with Harris. I learned so much working with Sophia. I still learn things, but I mean like that first experience that I had, I'll never, it was such a unique experience too. And I'll never, ever forget it. I try to take a piece of that with me into everything that I do. Cause it was just like a, it was just a really beautiful filmmaking experience, you know? And, well, uh, I feel lucky that we got to keep it so small like that. Yeah. That was, we, we tried to, it had a really, we try to keep it as small as we can because you want to have that feeling on set. And it's, it's hard to, production just seemed to grow and grow so I think we always want to you know that's kind of like the way you do student films is the spirit that is always the best to, to keep it as um, intimate and yes yeah. 
Yeah. I remember reading the script and having a, oh, sorry. I just, a, a little thing. I remember talking to Harris about it and I was such a fan of his, you know? And, and I remember like a couple of things. One was, it was a pretty sparse script. It was like, as far as like, what was, what was actually, yeah. and I remember we had a certain amount of days and I had a certain training of trying to do a volume of work in a day, you know? And I thought, gosh, you know, you're always trying to bring the budget down and do certain things. And I thought, gosh, we really have a lot of time in these certain areas. And I remember talking to Harris about it and Harris was like, he really drove home and Mac Brown too, who was amazing to work with on that. They really drove home to me that like, it was really about preserving that space. I think I remember Harris saying like, how great would it be if like, we ended up shooting something and then we came back and we shot it again, you know? And I was like, that's crazy, you know? But like, it was that sort of thing where it was like, allow there to be enough room to have it be fluid. So you don't feel like filmmaking, you have a gun to your head constantly, you know? And to not have that, to try to elbow out that room is something that I always try to preserve um, on, on productions with Sophia, but also just in general, because it really is hard. You're always trying to get a lot done and it's nice to be able to allow space for interesting and magical things to happen maybe, or not, you know, but to try to let that happen. That was a big thing that I learned on that production, you know. Yeah, I think I yeah, we both learned so much from Harris and I love his kind of motto of keep it simple. Yeah. Which, um, you know, you, you have to have experience and confidence to keep it simple like that. And, and we had a whole kind of exercise for that phone that we were going to try to do it with the least amount of coverage and the simplest way that we could tell the story. And, and um, it's fun to, to go into a project with um, kind of your rules of what you're, yes. you're trying time and that was really defined yeah wow so Yuri how do you how do you feel like that kind of as as your first film did, did that kind of like set your kind of produce producerial if that's or like persona yeah. for your future projects yeah and how really, did it I was really lucky and I was really like I mean first of all like the fact that I was given this opportunity was so crazy you know like on paper I was completely underqualified to do it and and uh, and it was you know it was a wonderful opportunity. It went really well. The film turned out fantastic, and um, it started a relationship with Sophia and I. And then I remember though that it was very hard to pick another project after that, you know, because all of a sudden it's nice, you know, it's like you make a movie, and then all of a sudden some new opportunities came. And I always was like, you know, I still had a foot very steeped in in commercials and videos at that time, and it it actually allowed for me to continue to work and not have to take movies that I needed to do to get paid, you know? And that was a real luxury, you know? So I could work in advertising and then occasionally do a movie here or there. And I was pretty selective, you know? And um, I remember once I, I tried to do a movie cause I felt like, well, I gotta do more. If I wanna be a movie guy, I gotta go do more movies, you know? And I remember going and doing that. And I, and I, and I liked this filmmaker very much and we were in um, we were we were in New Mexico, and it all sort of fell apart. And it was really tough. I'm just going to admit it. I'd been so beaten up by this experience that I remember getting a call that we were shutting down, right? And there was a part of me, right, that was just it was a little part. It was a part that I never wanted to admit to anybody, but I can say this now. I was actually a little bit relieved, you know. I was actually a little bit kind of like, ah, oh, okay. And I knew flying home that I couldn't work on this movie anymore when it did come back up again, because I thought he deserves more from his producer than I'm willing to give at this point, you know, because he deserves somebody who's not relieved when he gets the call. Like now's the time I have to go back and fight and try to get that, like things have to kick in. We got to get this movie made. And I knew in my mind, I didn't feel that way. And so that, was such a huge lesson to me. And I thought, you know, I only wanna make things that like, they could take me 10 years to make them, but I need to be able to every day wake up and fight the good fight to get it made. And those things don't always come along. So you have to be a little bit more selective. And I've been really lucky, but that was sort of the somewhere thing kind of spoiled me in a, in a way, in, in, in a wonderful ways, you know, but it allowed for me to be, have a, such a great experience that I could be more selective moving forward, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think that's so um, that's so important. I I totally agree with you that I think 
I think making a movie it takes so much work and it takes years. You have to do it for like three years. So I have the same thing. I, I couldn't work on. I I know when I'm looking at a project, like I have to be obsessed with it because if you're not obsessed with it, there's no way you're going to have the stamina to, to care about it. You know, three years from now, and and it just takes that much effort. So I think um, I can't imagine ever working on something that you didn't feel had your whole heart. And I think that's that's a really good point to bring up when when getting into something yeah i feel like it's like this series of little battles that you're fighting as a unified force and like so so with you guys like how can you describe i want to like walk through like what a fight like uh one of these little battle not a fight like a constructive fight that you come out on the other side you're better because of it and like i just i want to like what it like a typical day on set we never, we we never fight, never no. fight. No conflict at all. <laughs> really, really smooth sailing. No, but I feel like we have to go up to battles and then Yuri fights the fight for me or I have to go deal with something. But but uh, yeah, we don't have a lot of conflicts. Is that is that unhealthy that we don't have a lot of conflicts? <laughs> There's always issues, but but we, we can communicate. I think part of my job too is that I feel like Sophia she has so much going on making the movie, staying on track creatively. And she's written it, she's directing it, she's produced it. As my producing partner, we have to talk about budget and we have to talk about a lot of things and so very practical in terms of what those things are. But I also can't like, I have to, um, there's plenty of things that that like- You protect me from. Need to, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that is, you know, I know I can come to her for anything, with anything and for anything, but I really feel like part of it too is like, don't, a lot of these things just need to be taken care of, you know? Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that yeah. after they tells me like, there was some drama going on. I was, and I was like, oh, yeah, I had no idea, but so glad I didn't know because did I have so much I have to focus on just getting through the scenes of the day, so. Totally. Some things are tough, some things happen and it's always like, I mean, it's funny because a lot of people that you work with, they want to deliver good news to the director, but they never want to deliver bad news, you know? So a lot of the time, like, you'll be the one that is, I will be the one that then has brought the bad news because they don't want to go to Sophia to tell her directly. So it's always a little bit like, okay, cool, let me process this. What, how can we fix it or what's the constructive solution for it? Um, because a lot of the time too, it's like stuff can be solved, you know? So it doesn't need to go to her. Hopefully we can solve the problem before it gets to her and we can keep the things that she wants and keep her on track to making the movie. I love this idea of like the producer as like this sieve that just, just weeds out anything that only the absolute finest and necessary problems have to come to Zervia. And I feel like, just you know, from from the time that I have 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 popped in on on your guys' sets, I just feel like it's totally. I mean, one Yuri seems to be just this like well dressed man who's walking about set and is just is just has so much social grace and is just pumping up everybody and makes awesome. it seem so easy. Though I know there's probably a storm cloud happening, um, but it's just a sense of like calmness. So like, how do you how do you feel like you achieve that like tone, Sophia? Just like there's just like a serene atmosphere. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you want, I, I, because I grew up on sets, I'm very at home on set. I'm at ease. I feel comfortable on sets. So um, maybe that's part of it, but I want to, you know, you try to keep the atmosphere as nice as you can because it's you know, sort of like having a party. You, you invite all these people and you want them to come do good work and feel, if they feel comfortable, they can do better work. And, um, and yeah, and you spend so much of your time on set. You want it to be, Pleasant, but also I think you do your best work when everyone feels, uh, you know, com in a comfortable atmosphere. And, and also I think you're, I know, I think actors have to be vulnerable and put themselves out there. So for, especially for the actors, I want to keep it protected and, um, and not, I don't want them to feel stressed out because I want them to be able to be, you know, in touch with what their emotional side they need to be for the, for the scene. So I think, um, yeah, just being, and I, I don't know if I got that from Harris of playing music on set or I, I've, no, I've, I've done, I've always done that from, from when I was starting out, but it, it's always nice to, 
yeah, there's no reason you can't have a nice atmosphere and play music and and it's and it's supposed to be fun and it's like a you know playtime for your creativity, not um, just a grind. Even though it is hard work, but as much as you can make it pleasant, and you're working such long hours, and you just want everyone to be able to do their their best. Do you take curate playlists? Like, to take care of your crew. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, what do you curate? Do you curate playlists for like the day before if you kind of know a sense of a vibe that you can play like between takes or anything like that? I wish I could say I did. We we sort of do. Sophia's better at it than I am. I feel like I, I always want to do that, but it's always like there's so much stuff, especially when you get into yeah. production, like the idea of that. But we do have, I think just, early on we, we trade playlists. I think on the last one too, Rashida had some good ones and you always have really yeah. good ones. And, yeah, we're not that organized, but I think just in the moment, yeah. just the moment you you like oh, a song comes to mind that feels like the same. Yeah. I will say well, though, that thing you're talking about, that vibe or the culture of like the onset thing, like it's not always like that, and I think it comes from the top down, and it definitely is something that Sophia sets. You know, like mm -hmm. I can't say that that's always the case. <laughs> <laughs> it goes outside of working with Sophia, you know, like Sophia really cares about everybody who's there. It's a very small knit group. There's always like a, you know, and, and vibe is really important. It's very delicate and it's, you're hosting this experience, you know, and it's really, yelling feel safe, yelling. you know, yeah, it's really important that people feel safe set. That was also a really important thing I learned on somewhere, you know, that was like, we were shooting at the Chateau. There was room for like three people inside of a room, you know, and so it's sort of like, how do you, create that vibe so that people can be feel safe and um and don't you think uh, with all of ADs, that stuff for Sophia. what's yeah. that don't you think with ad's there's there's yellers and oh. then there's a don't yell i think that's a really important thing i learned just yeah. make sure you have an ad that's not a yeller yeah absolutely <laughs> and even like nice person that's it's a tone of voice it's like a tone of of you know how of being talked at as opposed to you know, work with. And, you know, some people thrive in that. Some people actually like, they like that experience. We just don't, you know, it's just not something that is, uh, I, 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 I really am not into that kind of set experience, you know? Yeah, but there is a, there is a kind of like scary authoritative AD uh, style that I feel like when I was younger that I was just like the norm. And then like, yeah, I think that you could find ADs that weren't yellows made a big difference. On One of the, one of the first sets I ever worked on, I was an extra in Detroit, in my hometown in Detroit. And I was like, so excited to be there. Genuine was in the movie, the rapper. It was a bizarre experience, but the director was shouting at the top of his lungs. And at one point he got the wrong grilled cheese or something like that. And he was screaming about this grilled cheese. And it was terrible. It was like a party scene. It was terrifying. And, but, but I was just like, this is normal. This is how they get the job done. But I feel like this, I feel like it's the polar opposite. And just, yeah, the way you talk, it allows for like these quiet moments to just unfold in front of you. And it, That's so yeah. funny, I love that. <laughs> it was a really bad movie. Camera is really important to come across in front of the camera, you know? And I think also that's why people come back, you know? Is it's like everyone who's, anyone who's had, you know, um, the pleasure of working with Sophia, like it's nice to get that call, you know? Because mm -hmm. it's, it's not always like that. You know, Thank so you. We have a nice team. Yeah. yeah. You guys do a nice thing where you, so you like to like screen a sort of movie for the cat, for the crew or, or the cast you have assembled, right? Before, before you shoot. Is that something you usually do? Watch a movie together? Yeah. yeah. I don't, have we done that? I no, I think we sort of watch stuff. We talk <laughs> about certain movies about that sort of relate to certain projects, but I feel yeah. like maybe we did that on the. We were doing that. Yeah, maybe you're thinking of the guy. Well, I guess okay. he was there. You you weren't there. No, I wasn't there. Oh, I just thought, yeah, I thought that. Yeah, yeah Jeannie, you're, we'll yeah. say your sister for people that don't know Jeannie is. My sister Jeannie. Yeah, maybe mm -hmm. we like the movies but then, but um. I love yeah, that yeah. idea though. We should do it more. <laughs> I believe well, the, the DP and I looked at movies, um, like kind of to talk about how to shoot New York before. Yeah. On the rocks. And um, just to kind of have that conversation, and we looked at some other, yeah, we've we've done that. Where we looked, we looked at movies just to kind of talk about that. But it sounds nice to have all the, have like invite everyone for screening. Yeah. We talked about it. Why not? Well, so speaking about do. You... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, Yuri. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I'm, I'm just having a memory right now. Also, not to make this all about Harris, but I learned so much from him, and 
and and I feel like one thing that was really amazing, one of my really big memories of making somewhere was, you know, we would shoot sometimes very late. Um, we didn't have long hours, but sometimes you know, call times require you to go later. Regardless of how late we went, Harris is, and his entire camera team would all be at like seven o'clock in the morning at Photochem in Burbank. And they would be screening projected dailies. And I wanted to learn and soak up as much as I could. So I would show up there and I remember they were just sort of like, dude, what's this line producer dude coming crafting the party? Like they were not, at first they were not into it. I remember Jason McCormick was just like, well, I mean, we liked each other and all, but it was sort of like, what's this dude doing? It felt like I was like intruding, like it was like a spy. And then I think Harris finally was sort of like, oh, he actually is kind of interested in this stuff. So like, what are we going to say? Of course, let him in. And I remember sometimes we would play music, you know, Sophia, you were yeah, there. Daily we play music. And we would watch these dailies and they were so, so magical to watch them print projected, you know? That was the last, the last movie was, to have film finish negative. We do a film print and I learned so much like watching Harris, he would see things that no one else in the room saw, you know, and he was working with these people that I don't even know, I mean, I, if they're even around anymore, you know, like they were these guys who had worked at Photochem for so long, you know, doing film prints and they could look at stuff and they had like a, a whole language to how they would print, you know? And I was so grateful to have that experience because even just the next movie, it was very difficult to be able to get a print made in the same way. Cause a lot of these people, the technology had shifted, the, the you know, Kodak wasn't making the same stocks and, it just changed. The world had changed, but it's somewhere was sort of the last one yeah. you know, that way. And just remember, his work ethic was was insane. It was like you'd do a twelve-hour day, show up in the next morning, just being there. And then he, his energy was was really on. And I learned a lot from him in those rooms. Yeah, that's so cool. I remember those moments. Yeah, it was the end of that. Wow. Yeah. And so are you guys, are you guys really precious about what you watch while, while you're on a, a film set or what kinds of culture you consume? Like, do you keep it in, in line with the theme of what you're doing or do you put on something that's mindless? You know, I try not to, I feel like I try not to watch too much. I kind of, um, I kind of have to stay in my little bubble of making what we're making. And I, yeah, I feel like I can't, I can't take in any other information while I'm in that mode because i think you just you shoot all day and then you just crash yeah, yeah. you're sleeping when you're not shooting it's, it's hard for me I, I or or now i have kids so my little bit of energy left i'm with them but i yeah i, I feel like even when i'm writing sometimes i don't like to look at too much stuff because you kind of have to keep your your head clear yeah yeah i feel that um I remember when we made The Beguiled, it was it felt so weird because I wanted to watch the original, but I really made a point not to because I was just like, I don't want it to even subconsciously spin yeah. in any way, you know? So I remember reading the book and then not watching it, but it was really actually fun to actually, I remember it was really fun to watch that movie. Remember when we did the double feature at the New Beverly? And that was the first time I had ever seen the real one, like, sorry, the real one, the original one before I and yours was much more adapted sort of from the book, but there were these strange sort of spiritual similarities or there were these weird things that I was it like. To see it after Cause yeah. I'd seen it a long time ago. So it was kind of in the back of my mind, but I tried not to revisit it. Cause yeah, I didn't want to be influenced yeah. too much. But um, wow, yeah, that's funny. And when you're adapting a book, Sophia, do you, go, do, you, do you even go back to the book while you're shooting at all or no? Um, oh, I don't know. No, I think I'm more just when I'm writing the script, I'm looking at the book a lot, but I don't, I don't remember. I don't think I go so much back to the book once I'm shooting because it's, it's kind of everything I want to take is in the, in the script now. Yeah. Um, and mostly going from that. Yeah. You remember us watching Heartburn when we were in New Orleans? When we, were shooting? we actually all lived together at in this place. And, and that, that part, I actually do remember we watched some movies. I remember we watched Tootsie. I remember we watched stuff that was like way Kind of far off we watched heartburn we watched to do you know, one of the great joys of working with sophia too is there are these like cultural touchstones um that are kind of nice that we appreciate yeah. i want to tell you i just recently watched uh, eyes of laura mart oh my god if you're a fan of i was like holiday yeah, mcdaniel i guess because she loves that too. just the glamour and the fashion photographer yeah. if anyone was going to redo something yeah yeah that i haven't watched that in a long time it's so, it's not, I mean, 
Not, it's not great. It doesn't really hold up, but the world is so exciting and it's so amazing. And it, for me, at least I watched it and I was like, I still love this movie. I love every eye movement that she does, everything. It's like, it's like a whole study in how can I just act with my eyes because it's called the eyes of Laura Mars. So I'm just like, it's like, she's almost like in a completely different movie than everyone else. You know, it's really, but it's fun to watch. Anyways, yeah. What else have you guys been watching during during quarantine? Escape, any escapism you guys have been, been consuming? Anything interesting to report? I, I really enjoyed watching The Crown. Yeah. Oh, yes, me too. Part with, um, with Camilla and Charles. So great. I thought it was so well done. It was really fun. And then I guess just old older stuff. We've been watching. It's all a blur. I'm watching old movies, but um, Yuri, have you seen anything interesting to share? Other than the guys of Lower Mars, no. I mean, there are movies I kind of watch every once in a while because I feel like they, I just like them, and they're it's almost like uh, there's, it's like comfort, you know. So I'll watch them. I'll watch uh, Tootsie's one of them that I just always oh, love. Yes. Um, Tell me that you watched Foxes with Olive or. Yeah, what I watched was Over the Edge, actually. Oh, cool. Over the Edge is, again, one of my, like, you know. Yeah. Um, I think, though, you know what I talked about? I watched a series of, it was like the weekend theme was, uh, I mean, clearly it was like it was like Teen Rebellion, you know? So I watched, I watched Over the Edge, Rumblefish, and The Outsiders. As oh, I go over the course of this weekend with, with Olive. And it was really amazing to watch those movies. Like, they all are like, I oh. mean... I also, I mean, I'll be honest too, I don't really get to watch movies as much as I used to. Like I grew up, like we would go to the movies, like that was what our family did, you know? And I really watched movies in a theater quite a bit. And and I feel like, um, I regret to say, like I don't ever, I mean now of course with quarantine, it's a completely different thing, but even at home, it's difficult to just put a, put a movie on, you know? Like regardless yeah. of the experience, how great, you make it, it's still harder for me personally to like sit down, tune everything out and just watch a film, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, I feel like I did that a lot during the um, quarantine, but I miss like the, the thing about going to a theater where your whole focus is on that. It's, it, like if you have your phone anywhere in the room. Yeah, I know. Whatever, it's, it's annoying, but um, yeah, we, we, oh, yeah, we watched, um, Walk the Line the other night with the kids. We were having a music movie. Oh, yeah. And we watched fun. the documentary and that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, watching Dolly writing, talking about songwriting and stuff was fun. That was fun. Yuri, I just, well, I watched A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood for what I'm ashamed to say is my first time. And I did it on my laptop and I just wish it would have been up on the big screen, but I loved it so much. It's oh, still, so still cool. had artists Thank, Thank you very wonderful. much. Oh, that's great. It's, um, yeah, Jody actually, who who does a has lot. He's been of, on this podcast. Yeah, he's been on the podcast before. Jody shot that and and um. At the DP. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. She did the miniature part too, or is that a different, whole different unit? No, he shot all of it. He shot the he shot With all the miniatures as well. There was one moment when Jody and I talked about. I think in Jody's mind, like he was like, "No one's shooting. No one's going to shoot a frame of this movie except for me." Right. Oh, yeah, that's great. But I think there was a moment when we all sort of talked about, we thought that somehow by doing miniatures that it was sort of a different discipline that it required a different, almost like tabletop or something. But thankfully Jody did all of it and, and, uh, and uh, it's cool, yeah. Yuri, this is going back a little bit, but I would love to know how you got yeah. into producing initially. Oh, oh gosh. Um, you come from a movie watching family, but how, how, how did that translate? I think at first, you know, I, I started off, um, yes, I always had a love for movies. I watched movies with, you know, my mom was a choreographer and um, she would always, what's that? And an AD. And then became an AD wow. you know, in television. And so I remember uh, just also like just consuming movies, you know, like my mom would take me, I was I lived in a pretty conservative household, but she would always take me to go see anything with music, you know? So like, I remember seeing Tommy when I was a kid and Saturday Night Fever and all these like, you know, kind of movies that were, they felt dangerous to me, you know, they felt like they were outside of other things I was taking in at that time. And uh, sometimes my mom would cover my eyes. So I saw some of the movie like through her fingers, you know, which was kind of funny. 
Um, anyways, but that goes too far back. I think that's what kind of got me interested in movies. I think then I started working in production. I did a little bit of everything. And then a friend of mine, Todd Hickey, asked me to uh, produce a music video for him, for his friend's band. And um, I remember distinctly being like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, how am I gonna, you know? But I remember we had a budget of maybe like five grand, you know, and I knew that I could get paid a little bit of money and it was exciting to me. And like, what else was I gonna do, you know, at that particular time? And so I remember doing it and really liking it and feeling like I was, I was kind of good at it, you know? Like I, I sort of felt like I knew what I was doing. I knew enough from knowing a little bit of everything that I could do it and we got, we got through it and I, I really enjoyed it. And I remember him, you know, you always take these sort of weird bits of encouragement wherever you can get them. You don't really know how much they're gonna impact you. But I remember him telling me that he thought that I did a good job and I thought that I did a good job too. And I thought, oh, well, maybe there's something with this. And literally like every job, even if you don't, every opportunity you get, even if you don't really know where it's gonna lead, it always leads to something else. You know, like I can absolutely tell you in a few steps how that job got me to the director's bureau that got me to working with Sophia, strangely. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's just a pretty small world. And I just got in there and I worked really hard and I didn't, you know, I made a lot of mistakes, but I also got a fair amount of things right, you know, and um, and that's how I got started. I mean, initially it was really sort of like, I, I kind of fell into it in a weird way, thinking that like, well, let's see where this goes, you know? And, um, and then thankfully I like enjoyed it and felt like I had a place doing it. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, totally. yeah, that reminds me of, um... A story my mom told me that uh, always stayed in my mind that I thought was so helpful or inspiring is when she was, um, you know, like I don't know when she was. Uh, it was like in the seventies. I don't know. like in her thirties. She, she was, she was really into doing these really these drawing. She, she does different visual arts and kind of she wrote a book and she does different kinds of art forms and and she she was really into doing these drawings of these straight lines. She loved Agnes Martin and she would just she would just spend hours and hours and hours doing these really um, drawing these straight lines and she didn't know why she was doing it and she was just into it and then years later when she was in the Philippines during Apocalypse Now she had this ability to hold the camera really steady because she had like trained herself and so she was able to make this documentary and, she could, and she's really good at holding the camera steady and I just thought that was the best lesson of like you don't know where things are going to take you but you just have to follow whatever these urges are and then later they're going to lead you to something else and I, I always love that story. That's so beautiful. I love that. that is so That's cool. That's so beautiful. Hearts of Dark. We, I, I, I went to, I studied film at Harvard for everyone on the podcast. And we wa when we watched Hearts of Darkness in our film class, people were banging the table, like jaws were on the ground. That was incredible. one of the most like visceral viewing experiences that incredible. we had in my, my, whole, my whole education. Yeah. Uh, cool. No, it's such a great for any any creative person to be able to see what what someone goes to, to that extent because it's like an exaggeration of the of the little storms that we feel inside. So yeah, I'm so glad that she was able to capture that and and um, yeah, that's required view. I think for totally. I love that. Yes, and I like I like you guys just talking about like transition points or these you know these turning points in your life. And I, I'm for me, I I was living in New York and kind of, you know, feeling very cynical. I was auditioning and acting and, and trying to write. And I got, um, I was sneakily applying for jobs in like corporate jobs. I had this list of corporate jobs and it was this very embarrassing, very shameful list. And I, I was going to get a job in China. And so I, I flew to China and, you know, this big boss, you know, wielded me and say, said, this is, this is our student from Harvard. She's going to take a job here. And I had a week to decide whether I was going to take it. And in that week, I, I wrote this script that I had been thinking about for so long. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to write it into a void. And if I come out on the other side of this week, not liking it or liking it, I will not take this job in China and upend my whole life. So I feel wow. like these turning boards are transitions are so kind of important. And I've, it's just, Sophia, you could talk about, you know, I know you kind of shuffled through different careers in your, in the beginning of your kind of journey. And you can talk about like what kind of headspace you were in when you kind of felt like you took the leap of faith to go into directing. 
Yeah, I um, yeah, I never thought I would do that, even though it's so obvious. But just because you don't want to do it, like my whole family's in the film business, I, I wanted to do something different, and I wanted. And I was always into fashion, and I liked yeah. things and that. So I thought I would do kind of magazines or fashion, and I went to art school. But I, it was always frustrating because I couldn't really land my plan to figure out. Like I wasn't, I couldn't find the one thing that I loved because I liked so many different things. And then when I made my short a short film, um, I was like, oh, this I get to combine all the things I love, photography and music and costume design and all this stuff. So I, I um, is that like so the star? Yes, like the star. My I love that film. Oh, that does not get enough hype. I love that film so much. I don't know. It doesn't, I don't know if I, how much sense it makes, but I feel like my, my <laughs> style is in there and um, it was, yeah, it was fun, fun to make that. And I shot it at my middle, my middle school where I went in St. Helena. Um, but then it wasn't until I read the book of the virgin suicides and i heard that someone was going to make it and i didn't want them to mess it up that i i started working on a screenplay just to kind of try um i just thought i would just do you know a few chapters and try to experiment with how do you how do you adapt a screenplay and then i got so into it that i ended up writing the whole thing but i, I never meant to and i didn't have the rights and that's a whole story wow. but i and that's a, so how i yeah so i feel like that book made me direct a film I wasn't like oh I want to be a director now I'm looking for material I was just that just wanting to, to protect that book made me think I'm going to make a movie of it and then once I did that I, I felt like oh this is something I know how to do and um, and then I was excited about other ideas that I could express in that way and wow. um, I learned a lot from, from that movie so oh gosh. how would the Lisbon sisters have fared in uh, COVID quarantine <laughs> No, I love that people are talking about that again. We're, we're all like the Lisbon sisters these days. <laughs> I feel like a lot of your characters would have done well. Would have done well in quarantine. Miss Martha would have kept a a locked yes, yeah. mattress <laughs> for quarantine. You would have been safe in her clutches. <laughs> Do you feel like when you read books, you can't help but kind of adapt them visually in your mind? Yeah. Yeah, I find that really annoying. I think that's one of the most annoying things about being directors. I can't just like relax and enjoy a book very often because even if I don't want to adapt, I'm looking at it and and my brain is like thinking about it in that context. So I have to pick things that I have already been made or something that yeah, that I. It's a lot more relaxing when I know there's no way to because um, if it's something new, there's always a part of myself that's like, oh, could this be something? Do you have that too? I do, it is, it's such a bummer. I was reading uh, Play It As It Lays again, and I was recently, and I was like, they turned that into a movie. The movie's not very good, but you immediately start going like, oh, this would be so cool, you know, whatever. You just start, your wheels start turning like, to not, like I, I'm not trying to make that, but yeah, you still start to like, you exercise parts of your brain, which I guess are, it's sort of natural and healthy, but it does, I would like to just read to read. You know, sure everyone imagines the book in their head. Yeah, I totally agree. Everyone probably imagines a book, but then we interpret that as like how you'd make it into a movie. You're like casting it. You're just like, oh, this is so so weird. Yeah. I love casting other people's projects. I get really, really good at it too. You're very good at it. Yeah. I get wow. It's fun. Just, um, like the casting game, we call it. Roman yeah. and I would do that growing up. That's so funny. When you when you when you're making something, do you how often is it that you guys have like characters in mind when you start when you're starting from the ground up or like you know when does that slot fall into place in the timeline of things? Uh, do you mean the actors or just like it developing the actors? Yeah, the actors. Uh, I sometimes I like to picture some actors when I'm writing because it helps me, um, and I just part of the fun of writing is that you get to work with actors, so that's the exciting part. So I try to it helps me to picture them, um, but then in certain roles, and then and then there's the fun of you know, discovering all the other parts. But I think it's it's um, yeah, this part of the motivation is to get to to work with the people that you want to work with. I think. Yeah, I think it's different with different people. I think with Sophia, there's always maybe somebody in mind. I also prefer when I get a script to read it with somebody in mind. It's one of the questions I usually ask if there's somebody that's, you know, that the filmmaker is interested in, work, in, in working with. But um, but sometimes those things don't work out and maybe it becomes somebody else or... Um, yeah. I think it's always yeah. different. It's always different. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have days on set where the day ends 
so different than where you thought it would and and the way you the way, where you started what you planned out the scene you planned out the actor brings something totally new or something with the set it kind of kind of changes your view or it's raining or or do you find that those kinds of days are energizing or incredibly stressful uh, that's a good question i can't think of like one monumental one like that because it just feels like every day that's part of it is you have to be flexible and we're always working on a short schedule and as low a budget as we can so that we have the most creative freedom. And so I can keep, you know, the creative freedom, the director's cut and all that. So I, um, there's always things that come up where you lose your location, or maybe this is for big movies too, but you, know, you're, you lose your location or, or something happens or the actor wants to do something different. I think that's just part, part of it. And, it, and um, I think you just have to be as flexible as you can. And that's just kind of part of, um, of working in film that's not all figured out before unless you're I mean some people do like storyboard every frame and there's a different style of it but the way we're working you're um you have to be sort of on the fly and figure it out as you go which I think makes you not overthink things you just have to cut as much as you can be in the moment and 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 you're just kind of problem solving all day long or making decisions and to try to find your way and as long as you're clear about what you're doing at the beginning um, then I think you can make all those choices along the way because it's connected to your original thing you have in mind. Is that, yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it's fun and exciting. I mean, it's super, it could also be like the adrenaline junkie in me that like I like the, you know, the excitement of it a little bit, but I, I truly believe too, especially working with Sophia, like as long as everybody's making the same movie, then you can just sort of like, it, I, I wish the filmmaking process outside of working with Sophia sometimes was more like this, where it could just be a little bit jazzier. Like it could just be a little bit, I'm going to do jazz hands while I do that. Or <laughs> jazz hands, but no, it's just a little bit more fluid, you know, because we do get really locked in. I mean, filmmaking is, is very expensive. And, uh, and also like you want to come in with a plan. And also that's my job is to, part of my job is to that's okay. Preserve that plan, you know, but there's also like, I think it's exciting when you can, be confident enough to throw that away because something new is happening you know i mean mm -hmm. you mentioned it whether it's rain or whether it's a a tangent that a director or a or a dp or a or an actor wants to go on to be able to chase that to be able to pivot and chase it that's exciting you know because yeah. they're facing trying to make the right the best movie you know and as long as everybody's on board with that i feel like that's exciting that's wonderful that's what that's why that's like one of the most exciting things for me yeah, Are you part of it, like you were saying, if it starts raining and then you, it adds something to the scene that's even better because it's raining and it brings in the mood or we're talking about like Colin Farrell, the character's supposed to be American, but then hearing him in this Irish accent, it made it actually more interesting. So there's just things as long as you're open to them that can add, add to what you're doing. Yuri, when you're on set, are you are you glued to the monitor and and watching watching every take, or how in the weeds oh. are you? Are you are you on oh the phone? God. Are you? That, that reminds me of a story when we were shooting like the sex scene between Kirsten and Kyle <laughs> and I was like on a little Apple box sitting next to the camera, and Yuri was like next to me because I was just like I wanted to call cut because it's uncomfortable, and I'm like sitting like two feet away from him, like attacking her, and I just wanted. Kirsten to be out of like you know I wanted it to end for Kirsten so, and he's like scratching her with his stubble and Yuri was there like okay no no like helping me not call cut and letting it roll and roll and roll. Just a beat I, I feel like it, it you know it depends really I, I feel like there are certain things you work on um, and uh, you feel neat you feel like that's where you should be you know it's always exciting you know to kind of see the film while it's being made but there's also stuff sometimes that's just like, uh, there's other stuff that's happening, you know, there's stuff that's happening for the next day or the following day or a week from now, you know? And so sometimes you get pulled out of being away from set. I like being on set. I think also like everybody has a different experience, you know? So there are certain films I've made where like, I'm absolutely on set on the, at the monitor all the time. I think working with Sophia, I'm sort of there when she needs me to be. And then, I may be off doing, you know, another, doing something else too, or maybe, I mean, that's the thing too, is sometimes like on Sophia projects that, that we do together, there's, there's not like a video village. There's not like a bunch of monitors around, you know, like people need to be able to see the work that's happening, but 
the culture of the set experience is very intimate. It's very small. Sophia is on set next to the camera usually. She sometimes has a handheld, but often she's looking at the onboard and, um, and that's, that's what's happening, you know? So it's just sort of like, it's not really part of the culture of having monitors. I think maybe on, on, on the rocks, I think maybe on the last one, certainly on bigger scenes, you know, like the scene you mentioned, Chase, that you were in, I think sometimes that one, we probably had a few more monitors up so that people could see all the stuff that was going on. Sometimes we break out more than one camera, but usually we're single camera and, uh, and there's not a lot of infrastructure around for people to be watching. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, so, also being by the camera and then having the script supervisor nearby. Yes. But I, I hope younger filmmakers know how important script supervisors are because I feel like the ones that were trained through film have a different expertise. I want Ava, who I worked with in the last film, to, to do a yeah. course, but she doesn't want to do that. But anyway, it's so it's so valuable to have um, have a pro that that um, had worked on film because it's a different. I think it's different than the way it's being. It really is. I feel also that having come up through videos and commercials, the script script supervisor in like videos and commercials, you know, there really aren't any for music videos. And then for commercials, often they're just sort of like, it's just a different, it's a different uh, job almost, you know, it's still important because you're marking takes and you're depending on how the director uses them. But I think the first person that I ever was like, oh, this is really a script supervisor was when we worked with Mary Bailey, you know, because Mary Bailey was able to like break out things and talk about the movie and with a depth that like, I just hadn't experienced that before. Ava's the same way, you know, like you guys can meet up and talk about the movie and make sure that there are things that she can talk to you about. So you guys are sharing a language on set and, and remembering things that are important. You know? yeah, help, yeah, help keep track of things, remind you where you are in the story or whatever, but that's so, so helpful. Do you, but, Chase, on your show, do you have a great script supervisor or TV is different? Um, we have like a, we have a very aggressive continuity like supervisor who, yeah. what I found that is most annoying is, is hair for a woman with long hair, especially it's, it's the most yeah, frustrating thing to feel like you gave yourself gave a great take, but your hair, but it's important coverage, your hair was back here instead of back here. And now the script supervisor is all set, but no, I, I, that, that's been like that's been a, def a definite lesson for me but yeah. we have a very we have a very intense video village and i feel like frequently for better for worse like after a take i'm looking to the producer who's also a great director and gives great directorial notes because we have different directors at kind of every episode right. to be like is that was that good was that good yeah. <laughs> or not but i remember i was telling yuri earlier Sevilla, that i i he let me sneak into the little video village that you guys had on On the Rocks and I got to watch Sophia's coverage. And I think it was just me and Yuri. I was like two two chairs behind him, just oh, hunched there with my headphones watching Rashida's coverage. <laughs> that was an interesting thing. I remember that is another example of like, we had had a completely different location for that scene, you know? And then I think Sophia, you went to that show in that building and you came yeah. back and you were like, is there any way, and it was really touch and go and a lot of phone calls, a lot of working it out. We bounced that scene to the end of the schedule. We ended up shooting in that beautiful cement room. You know? but there, it, but it was really like, that was one of those things. It's sort of like life kind of intervened and we ended up shooting in a different place on the fly. I think we even text got at a completely different location. Yeah, yeah it was, it, yeah, it was. But I love that you, you know, that's, uh, I've said it's great because you were like, yeah, let's make it happen where another producer might have been like, no, we've already committed to the other one. We're not going to. And I, it's important to have a producer that knows what's, what's going to make the movie better and also what's really important to you. Yeah, I forgot about that. I, I kind of blank out all the, <laughs> uh, the uh, conflicts that happen. We, we have to. I kind of do too. We have to in order to do it. Again. Yeah. You know, we have collective memory. So it's like, yeah. Childbirth. But. Do you find you are you guys like are you guys reliving the the glory of on the rocks now that you know everything on set is kind of is locked down and you guys can't be on set freely? <laughs> Just sit and watch it over and over. Remember? <laughs> um, no, I'm, I feel so lucky that we got to film in New York before it closed down and to like yeah. places and and we we finished our mix 
like the week in March, week before everything shut down. So I just, I just wow. feel for people that were like in the middle of shoots and had to. I, I remember I was flying back and there were some people with masks on and I was like, really? Like, I mean, come on. Like you're walking through JFK and all of a sudden, instead of seeing like a handful of people with masks, it was like five handfuls of people with masks, but still a lot of people were sort of like, huh? And I remember being like, maybe I should get a mask. You know, and how, in retrospect, I mean, it was such a different world. One of the interesting things was like, you never really know when you're making something, how it's going to, have, you know, what the, how it's going to land or be received or any of those things. Like one thing we would have never have known was, you know, it was always sort of a bit of a love letter to New York and, but it became even more meaningful for people yeah. to watch it because they watched it and went like, oh my God, I remember New York before COVID and it, it, it was sort of like a, it really made people, it made them feel nice, you know, and it was, a di it added another layer to the experience of watching it that we would never have thought of while we were making it, even yeah. though there was an aspect of it, but not to this degree. Yeah, totally. I know I was watching it. I remember it was one of those movies. So I have one of those movies where you put on in quarantine after you've been in a very, have a very COVID heavy kind of mindset of a day. And you're like, why aren't they wearing masks? So stand farther apart, stop. I know. I feel, I feel like that when I watch stuff now. But I remember when I when we were watching that at the yeah before it came out, and there's the scene where Bill shakes hands with Marlon, and I'm like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> totally. Yeah, you look at it all differently, but it is weird in real life. Do you guys feel? How do you guys feel about about how you know the flow of production on set when everyone has to wear masks and when there isn't you know that free sense of like human connection when everyone's behind shields and masks and six feet apart? Yeah, it seems hard. I, I shot just some a short kind of commercial thing for a day and I I found it really um, confining and hard to kind of takes the the fun away of just being together because you're everyone's so tense. I, I found it hard, so I. I'm glad to sit this one out until there's a safer way to do it. But I, it just seems it's already challenging. I, 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 yeah, I can't imagine how you guys have been shooting during this, but I, I, I you know, it's cool to just figure out a way to do it, but I can't, yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully when it'll be a different. Easier. It was hard. I mean, I did something that we, we shut down, I think on the 13th, we were supposed to start shooting on the 16th, you know, we shut down on March 13th and then spent, X amount of weeks trying to figure out how to do it. And it really, like the filmmaking part was pretty, uh, was easy in comparison because now there's more information, but I think we shot in July and August of 2020 and it was, you know, it's really tough. It's very tough to, also like for me, I think a lot of the movie gets made in like vans and elevators and offices and human connectivity in the hallway when you're like, that's where like decisions sometimes are made or conversations that spark other things that make their way into the movie. And uh, with, with Zoom, it's still very effective and there's actually a lot of, a lot of advantages to doing it, but it's also like takes away the connectivity that I think is, uh, is, is, I think makes movies better, you know? Like I think it's, it's better to be able to have that thing where you're moving together, you're in close quarters, and you're like figuring it out. And I think it just, it's a different mindset. It's a different structure, you know? Yeah. It's, it's probably more productive in a weird way, but it's also like, it's less, less leaves less room for magic. Yeah. 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 It's pretty rigid, you know? It's not, it, it takes the fun out of it really, you know? Like that's the fun of making movies, I think. And like six feet apart, face masks, am I gonna die? Is someone yeah. else like, these are very real things. I don't mean to be flippant. Like these are, you know, to ask a crew to come in to work on a thing that they might get sick. Like that's, that's that is yeah. not that's not cool. You know, like it no takes a lot of the social fun out of do that. out of fight, yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just really uh, it's just not. It takes like ninety percent of your bandwidth too. Like I spent ninety percent of my time making sure that people were safe because obviously that's super important. We're not even talking about the movie at that point. We're just talking about how to. Make like it happen too. It's like you don't get to put a disclaimer on the movie. It's like this was made during COVID. You know what I mean? Like, you make a good movie. No, you know? yeah, it's yeah. hard to say. Like what? How to, hard to quantify? I just find it so distracting to be. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, 
They need to put great inflation on everything made during COVID <laughs> to boost, boost everybody's score. Yeah. Um, yeah. I find the one thing, the one thing that I, that I enjoy is when you have to get into a headspace just as an actor, the mask and kind of like the fact that everyone else is in masks, it kind of tunes you out from everyone else. And especially when you have to go to like a dark place or, you know, an isolated place that, that, that works. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been so fun to talk to you guys. Um, it's been so fascinating to Maria's back to warn us of our looming conclusion. Thanks for doing this, Chase. It's, it's fun to see you guys, and I hope your shoot all goes well and safely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank I you. So I was so good to see you guys and see your faces. Thanks Hope for we can all us. meet in the flesh soon. Yeah. Thank Thanks you to everyone at Film Roundtable. Yeah. Uh, thanks to the Film Roundtable team, uh, Aaron Wilde, Doug Torres, Matthew Wolf. Thank all three of you for taking this time to chat. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all soon. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye, thanks bye. for Stay safe. Bye.